Everyone doing all right? Melting yet? Or I'm sat by the door. It's really quite nice. I'll swap seats in a minute. Um, I'm Martin. I'm one of the leaders here, and it's a privilege to be able to bring a message today because for those of you with, with good memories, I brought the message for Tom and Anna's wedding. So it's lovely to kind of bookend these bits so far. It is purely coincidence. I'm not the person they hire, I promise. Um, and to keep you focused, I'm going to present a, a, a short message. How many times do I say the word hope? That's the question. Because today is about hope. You've already said it. Annabelle said it on the screen. Yep. This is hope at last. And we're going to tell you a story. I want to start by telling you a story from my life. About six years ago, I went camping with my family. I've, my wife and two daughters aren't here. But we went camping about six years ago. The girls were about three. Let's say they were about three. We met my wife's parents down in Cornwall. And we had a car uh, our tent beside their caravan. So that's where we were camping down in Cornwall. It was lovely. We'd spend days on the beach, swimming, doing the beach stuff. And then in the evenings, we'd come back and we'd have fun around the tent and try and teach the girls how to sleep in a tent where it never gets dark. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then on the penultimate night, so the night before we were about to leave, there was a storm. It was a proper Cornwall coastal storm. It was exciting. Um, the wind blew and the rain came and we, we managed to fall asleep and as the storm was coming and then Claire and I both woke to the tent literally blowing in our faces. It, the, apparently the front poles that supported it had become brittle over time and snapped and it chosen that night to snap and we woke to the tent blowing in our faces. The girls were asleep still, bless them, but we woke up, and it was, it was quite scary wondering how many minutes we had before the entire tent just collapsed. Um, and yeah, we were sat there wondering what to do. And eventually, we, we nudged each other and said, we need to do something. We have an escape. There was hope. OK, you can see where it's going. There was hope here because we had our in-laws next door. So we got our phones out, hoping we wouldn't wake them up, and gave them a ring and said, uh, can we, can we come and sleep in your tent? And they'd been awake through the storm anyway, and they were worried about us. They were wondering why it had taken us so long to call them. So we woke the girls up, grabbed them, sat in there, four in the morning, in a caravan in the middle of a storm in Cornwall. So it was, it was kind of exciting. Um, but it was a little bit risky at the same time. Um, in the morning, when we woke up, lots of people from the campsite came and saw our collapsed tent. And they started bringing along spare poles, trying to cobble something together. And in the end, we said, you know what? We can't do this. But we cut the holiday short by one day. That was fine. We drove back to Cardiff. We were fine. We were safe. And that was the important thing. Now, the reason I want to share that isn't just because I want to tell you about my holidays. They're great fun. But um, in the passage this, there's, I'm going to read, there's kind of reference to this. So I'm going to read, and hopefully it comes up on the screen. This is Amos 11. I think I've put 10 on there, which is wrong. It's Amos 11 to 15, and it's titled Israel's Restoration. Okay. So in that day, I will restore David's fallen shelter. I will repair its broken walls and restore its ruins and rebuild it as it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of Edom, and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord, who will do these things. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. 
New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. And I will bring my people, Israel, back from exile. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted. Uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord. Now, for the last few weeks, we've been studying this Old Testament book. We've been looking at the book of Amos. It's been a challenge. Uh, we agree as leadership it was going to be a challenge. I think the people of Ch Woody have, I'm going to say, enjoyed the challenge. Oh, yeah, why not? Few visitors, people who don't know, um, basically the whole book is that God is angry because the wealthy people of Israel are mistreating those who had less. God has seen massive injustice and he's going to do something about it. So he sends this shepherd, fig farmer, um, to come and warn them about the punishment. However, this is the week when God tells Israel through Amos that he will repair David's broken shelter. And in some translations, it says broken tent, would you believe? Yes, it does. Um, and he won't do it with these cobbled together bits and secondhand borrowed bits. But that's getting ahead of myself. I want to take us through this bit of Amos. We're going back to the people of Israel, back to how it relates to us. Because we recognize, we've said every week, we're not in exactly the same position, hopefully. But we are keeping that awareness of justice in our lives, in our church, because it's vital. And of course, we can remember that Team Fokker here, and they head up the Justice League. They head up the, the life group that we have, which is all about justice. And it's ingrained through what we do in Woody that justice we recognize as important as a value as, as a church, as Christians, to stand up for justice. And Tom and Anna do a fantastic job in, in keeping it in the forefront for us. If, if you know Tom and Anna, I'm sure they've spoken to you about justice issues. And if they haven't, why not Tom and Anna? <laughs> so here we've got this ancient message, which actually has great relevance to us today. And to be honest, ever since... Stuart and Annabelle and myself have been reading this. We've been looking forward to this part, to this bit of this chapter, right at the very end of the book, the last chapter of Amos, because finally this is the bit about hope. There's been a lot of talk of destruction and punishment and anger and wrath, but now we've got this bit that is about hope. And many of you are here, visitors, welcome again, to celebrate hope, her dedication with Tom and Anna. And you, you could almost think this has been planned that these two Sundays would fall on the same Sunday. I don't think it was, was it? It's just wonderful that this is happening at the same time. We get to share this bit of hope from Amos with you who are celebrating hope, that beautiful child there. For Hope's family, for not just Tom and Anna, but all of you in Hope's family, she represents this future, these wonderful things ahead. And actually, throughout the Bible, the, the writers of the different books speak.
speak about God's hope and the promise of the good things to come. I did an online search on my, my Bible app thing. 180 occurrences of the word hope or derivatives of hope being mentioned. And I've picked some. And Dean, I've got to say, thank you so much for this morning. A little additional bit because my first one is from Jeremiah. It's a really well-known passage. Jeremiah 29.11 says... For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. One example from the Psalms is Psalm 25. This says, no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Into the New Testament, Paul One of the Bible writers writes to the Romans and he says in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all, sorry, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then again to the Corinthians, he writes in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. God delivers this message of hope to Israel through the entire Bible, to us. And then through Amos, this message of hope. After warning of terrible times that will come, that promise of punishment, that that warning that this is going to happen, God isn't pleased with the attitudes, with the behaviors of the people. He's not letting them off. Their complacency, their injustice that we've heard about for the last few weeks, and I encourage you to go and have a look over it to put this bit in context. What was going on in that place needed correction. But God loves those people. He doesn't want to see them destroyed. Here we've got words about rebuilding about restoration. He's telling the people that once they've served their punishment, their lives will be blessed again. That remnant, those people who are exiled will come back to a a place of restoration. And hopefully, they will have learned a lesson from it. Hopefully, they'll focus back on God. For Tom and Anna and Hope, God has also promised these blessings. I praise God. I praise God regularly because it's brilliant. But I praise God for their zealous hearts. They both display a wisdom and a desire to see justice flow like a never-ending stream. Tom and Anna have recognized that God is the only way that this broken world can be restored. And today they've brought hope before us. And they're not making a grand claim about her faith. But they're publicly saying that they know God is their hope. Their hope for a future and hope's hope for a future. And they know that if or when she makes mistakes, whether they're little mistakes or big mistakes, that they will be there to provide the rebuking that is necessary and the direction, and also a refuge, a safe place for her. More importantly, they 
they've promised here. We know they will bring up hope knowing that Jesus loves her and wants her as his own. And then we turn to the family, us around. We have a responsibility by God's mercy to look after the three of them. We have a responsibility by God's power to to show hope the best way to live and to help her find her relationship with the Lord. We can help build those walls of hope's faith, but we can also drink the new wine with them in celebration. Our responsibility is to steer her and her parents away from the complacency and help them keep their eyes focused on Jesus, not on themselves. And I'd say for all of this, this is a worthy challenge. And whether you've known Tom or and Anna since they were hope-sized, or if, if you've only met them today, God is our only hope for a future where righteousness and justice can bring glory to mankind and to God. Team Fock, we're going to stand alongside you. We've said that this morning. We've declared it. And in the tough times of locusts and fire and destruction will be there. And also in the times, the celebrations, the feasts of joy. And I'd like to finish with these words from Psalm 62. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for hope. In every meaning of the word, thank you, God, for hope. That we are here today to celebrate that this passage reminds us that even in dark times, you are there in your love and your hope. You made the way clear through Jesus' sacrifice that we'll remember in a minute. You bring hope because you love us, every one of us. Thank you, Father God, that today this message is as true as it was thousands of years ago. You don't tire of sharing your love with us. You don't tire of sharing your hope in our lives. I pray that we will be able to fix our eyes on you and look to your hope. Amen.